Hey, welcome to another episode of Off the Fence. Hi, friends. I'm so glad you were able to join us today, Katie. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we were just talking about how I grossly overdressed. I, this shirt had a lot of personality, or did but now I that I'm wearing it, I'm I'm a little concerned about it. I feel poofy and looks great, like a birthday clown. You're hot. You look really relaxed, I which is relaxed, super nice. Relaxed, relaxed, I'm also wearing my glasses that make me look like Ellie's twin, so I feel young. Twinsies! Twinsies! Um, hey, what are we talking about today? We, well, it sounds a little daunting, but essentially whitewashed tombs, like pretending to be Boom. something that you're not or someone that you are not. And not like stolen identity. We're not, this is not a true crime okay. podcast, although that would be fun to talk about at some point. Um, so it all started because Chick-fil-A is Hold test on. I'm sorry. Oh geez, just needed please. a moment. It's just chicken. When you bring like, up Chick-fil-A. No, it's just chicken, babe. Yeah, we don't have one. And right, but we have chicken. It just makes me emotional. We have chicken. I you know that I have found some from Sam's Club that tastes just like Chick-fil-A. It, the little nuggets. Just like might be overstatement, but near mm, like subjective. Yeah. And you know what it is? They marinated in pickle juice. Like mm. that's it. We we don't need to whine just about Chick Fil A. It's fine. I just I love everybody, but like there's a lot. Uh, anyway, okay. okay. So Chick Fil A. Sorry. <laughs> See, I'm a squirrel. I'm, I just jumped onto a different track. Um, Chick Fil A is is like pilot testing in places. I'm going to read uh, Denver, Charleston, South Carolina, and Greensboro, North Carolina. Fascinating choices for like. Denver and then North and South Carolina. It's really interesting to me that those are the pilot locations. Um, but they are piloting a cauliflower sandwich. Makes total sense for Denver. It's a ca- cauliflower chicken sandwich minus the chicken. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you Google it and look at a photo of the sandwich, it yeah. looks as close to the chicken sandwich that they normally serve than anything I could think of. It, it, it If you just look at the photo, you'd go, why Why are they talking about the chicken sandwich? Um, so cauliflower, we know, over the last decade or so, has become a very popular yep. replacement for pasta, for just about everything. Now chicken. You can get boneless wings that yes. are cauliflower wings. Which is, I like, I struggle with it them calling it that. No, so we even I eat know. cauliflower rice, and yeah. we like it. Oh, yeah. I like cauliflower just as a standalone vegetable, not even steamed or cooked. I love it. I love cauliflower. It makes your breath smell super bad mm. when you're finished, but I I just, I actually love cauliflower. It's got like a, anyway, it doesn't matter. So what it got me, it just started stirring something in me and thinking, because I think a lot of times we function like the cauliflower sandwich. We, we aren't a chicken sandwich. Yeah. But we make ourselves look so much like one that we can be. I will say, just as as um, a caveat with all of this, a lot of people that can't or choose not to have meat, this this cauliflower option will be fantastic. And I understand the inclusivity of wanting it to look alike. We're not trying to be irrationally unkind or anything like that. But it made me think about our own lives and what we're doing. And I, I remember the old saying, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it probably is a duck. Mm-hmm. But if it looks like a chicken sandwich, is it a chicken sandwich? No. If it sounds like somebody who's following Jesus, is it a follower of Jesus? No. And that's what, well, I mean, 
sometimes, yes, if you sound like a follower of Jesus, you are. But I'm saying, <laughs> transferring it in, um, cauliflower sandwiches masquerading as chicken sandwiches look a lot like whitewashed tombs. And I want to take us to Matthew 23. This is the NIV. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Booyah. That's Jesus. It sounds like... (laughs) Like Jesus would say, and I, um, if you're new to the Bible, uh, he's he's saying this to religious people. He's, yep. he's saying this yep. to people who claim mm-hmm. to follow God, love God, be all yep. about God. Yep. He's not just like going up to some random person who doesn't believe going, in God. Hey. No, no, no. <laughs> right. No, I think it's important. Right. Like he's 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 addressing the the religious folk. And what we know about Jesus, and again, if you're new to the Bible, what you will learn about Jesus is he's always going to the heart of the matter. He's always going to the heart. Um, you're blind, great, I want to heal you, your sins are forgiven. Like, always going to the heart. So who's he talking to? The Pharisees, which were the religious leaders. And what are whitewashed tombs? Uh, I'll never forget, it was one of the first, we had a church plant, and out of that church plant in Manhattan, Kansas, you and a team planted another church called The Well, and it was a a college age, it was really an outreach for college students. And you did a sermon where you had a whitewashed tomb. Yeah. And it was it was actually I grew up reading the Bible and it was the first time I'd ever like visually processed what Jesus was referring to. I knew what he was talking about, but it made me it made it come alive. Because the whitewashed tombs, it's exactly what it sounds like. Tombs that had been covered in white paint to make them beautiful on yeah. the outside, to make right. them look okay, knowing that what was inside was dead. Which is now it's I mean, not to get overly descriptive here, but we're still doing this. <laughs> we are we are. We, the, yeah. There is an, an industry mm-hmm. has been created mm-hmm. to beautify death. Yeah, what is not to, beautiful, yeah. In part to honor, Yes, but also to lower the intensity mm-hmm. of what has occurred. Yeah, you're right, to where 100%. The, where the, the, especially nowadays, the, the, the tombstones or gravestones mm-hmm. are beautiful, mm-hmm. Um, the detail, the some have like video screens now. Like stop it. Oh yeah, like uh, refrigerators, but a coffin. Like refrigerators have video screens. Like that's weird. Yeah, but on the tombstone, why? There's a video replaying that person's life. Like think of uh, think of the slideshow that you often see at a funeral. Yeah, help me though. Is that just for the funeral, or does that go into the ground with it? Because what's it goes on understand. the. Tombstone. Oh, on the tombstone. I'm sorry. I thought you meant. I thought you were saying. Coffee. Not on the casket. Jeez, Louise. Okay. On the tombstone. That still feels like a lot. It's. Well, I'm just saying. Because it creates. It makes that space less of a reflection well, and I, more of well, a. I get the. I get the point. I mean, it's kind of cool if I went was able to go to my grandpa's grave yeah. and, and and see pictures of him in the navy and. And, and you want people to know right. about the people so, you love. Not hating on it. I'm just saying. Our, and our culture is that. used to really beautifying sure. something that's very actually gross, yeah, and um, not often uh, attractive and absolutely and, and, yeah. and um, heartwarming. Well, and so as evidence in scripture, it was happening back then. It's happening now yep. in a multitude of ways. So it sounds like a harsh statement, but Jesus was revealing his anger at the hypocrisy saying one thing and doing another, claiming to live one way, but living another. 
um, to those who really were only caring about what things looked like, not how things really were in their hearts and in their lives. And so it got me asking the question because I hear over and over again, um, the, the work that I get to do, I spend a lot of time in the community and often it's not always with people who believe in Jesus. And, and one of the things that I hear a lot is all Christians are just all hypocrites and all Mm -hmm. of that. And I would generally say you're right because we're human and no human is perfect. So you got to leave room for people to be human, right? We can be striving for something to live the way God has outlined, but we also have to be willing to admit that we're never going to do it perfectly and have some grace, but also have some commitment to continue to walk the way of Jesus. Um, So there's tension, there's tension there no matter what. So I was thinking as believers, um, am I a cauliflower sandwich? Mm. Or am I the real deal? And yeah. some marks of a believer that I wrote down, and I would love your wisdom and input because you are a theologian essentially, and I, <laughs> um, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that He was truly human. That He is the Christ who died for our sins. Mm-hmm. He rose from the dead. Jesus is Lord. You believe that, yeah. and then all of those sayings, you demonstrate those beliefs through faith, through love, obedience, and endurance. Uh, would you have anything to add to that? No, I, well, I, all of those are true. And yes. I think you could spend hours adding to it. Sure, sure. sure. sure about the I, Holy I, Spirit. And about, no, yeah. No, yeah, but no, no, you're no, right. You're I, think, right. Well, I think I like your list. Uh, that, um, as you put, some marks of a believer are mm-hmm. what you said. Uh, and I think many of us are... are it's it's important to differentiate between did you have a hypocritical moment? Yeah. And are you a hypocrite? Right. It's right. it's kind of like um uh our, some of our kids will sometimes say I am dumb. Mm-hmm. And we have to get involved. No, 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 no. Now was that decision you made to punch your brother or to was that no, no, no. Uh, but you aren't you, you are, aren't yes. you aren't defined your by choice that. might have been bad but you are not bad so it, are are do christians make hypocritical mm-hmm. choices unfortunately yes mm-hmm. does that make all christians and everyone in a church hypocrites no mm-hmm. and I, i'm differentiating i'm trying not to get sure. into like the weeds on it but uh, but i think that this list is good it is some marks. You're right. <clears throat> we should note that just for the people that yeah. want to email us. Um, I, <laughs> I would say though, for me, all of those you gotta you gotta hold on to all of those and more. But the demonstration, the walking out, the putting feet to the faith, um, is what Jesus is going after here because He mm-hmm. knows that they know. I think a lot of times in our lives, our troubles come not from not knowing enough. It's not taking what we know and walking it out. Um, and that's in lifestyle, that's in relationship, that's in every area of our lives. Yeah. It's not we we have more information than we've ever had. It's the it's how are we stewarding it and moving with it? How are we acting on it? And so that demonstration of those beliefs is mm-hmm. is what Jesus is going to because he knew full well that they knew the law. They were constantly trying to test him on it. They they were that was their role was to know. Um, so he he is getting to the heart of but you're not you're not actually living it. You look like you are, but you aren't. You're a cauliflower sandwich, Pharisees. Um, so what I wrote was being a follower of Jesus isn't about pretending to be good and knowing all the right things to say, memorizing every verse in the Bible. It's admitting that you're imperfect, 
and you need God. Mm-hmm. Um, and for today, in today's world, what I think about is um, uh, like quoting scripture in judgment of somebody not doing something, but you have a life full of hidden sins that nobody yeah. knows about. Um, maybe sitting on the sidelines and shouting about issues or things that you see or even growth that needs to happen in your own church or in a nonprofit or a ministry, and you're you're shouting these things out, but you're not leaning in and making yourself accessible to be a blessing to the people that you're yelling at, um, screaming at your family in the car on the way to church, mm. and then turning around and going, everybody shut up and smile because we're yeah. getting ready to come in. Again, these are, we're all human, so we may have had these moments before, but it's it's talking all day about loving your neighbors to other people and challenging other people to love their neighbors, but you don't know the names of yours. So all of these things... Um, just, I, I think one of them too is uh, telling people they need Jesus, but you're not actually consistently part of your church family. You're not actually part of the church community. Um, one of my favorites is constantly saying, you know, sermons need to be deeper or we need to sing these songs, but you're not actively engaged in helping disciple other believers yeah. or new believers. Like there, we all do it. Um, I think... Uh, the verse that I came down to, because I think that list could go on and on, um, questions I was asking and praying about for myself, but even for people I love is, what is your heart holding and how are you demonstrating your relationship with the Lord? Um, John thirteen thirty five says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That is one of the hallmarks of not just owning and believing who God is and what scripture says, but then taking it into a world recognizing that you are not perfect and neither are others. And the way that you walk that out in love is really important. It makes me think, and uh, same subject, different, different, maybe uh, wrapping to it. <clears throat> so, you know, we have a, we have a puppy, your puppy. We, it's also yours. Thank sure. you. <laughs> uh, but so we're like, we're involved in, in training this puppy. Yes. And uh, I think of animals and, and there's different, but they, sometimes we'll talk about domesticating mm-hmm. an animal, mm-hmm. um, a, a wild animal yes. and domestic, and some animals. And Annie is a little wild. Yes, Okay. She is wild. <laughs> but if you go more extreme, mm-hmm. like domesticating a wild lion or a wild giraffe. Kind no, of thank like you. All, yeah, yes. right. Yes. So what, I, what it makes me think of, sometimes people would say, I am a Christian mm-hmm. uh, when they're actually a whitewashed tomb mm-hmm. where on the outside they look Christian. And in other words, they're a domesticated Christian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which means they have learned the behaviors yes. of a Christian, yeah. yet do not contain the heart of a Christian. And that's what I think you're bringing yeah. up. Yeah. The what? Like, is it bad to have a cauliflower chicken? Sandwich, no, mm-hmm. <clears throat> unless you're claiming that you are actually a chicken sandwich. Right, right. And so, so this is an important conversation to bring up whitewashed tombs. What's going on in your life? Okay, if you're claiming to be a follower of Jesus Christ, well, one, good on you that you would want to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's amazing. He is. And, and devoting your life to Jesus is awesome. But one of the challenges we need along this relationship with him is, are you more just domesticated? Yeah. 
Have you just learned the behaviors, the what do, to say, do this, to, yep. say that, don't yep. do this, don't say that, at least don't do it in public. Right. Um, control yourself in a sense, but mm-hmm. not always. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we, we should look at our lives going, where, where are you not living wild for Christ? Mm-hmm. And sometimes like what we be unconditional love mm-hmm. would be forgiving when it doesn't feel with all of society. It's not mm-hmm. domesticated mm-hmm. to forgive that person because of what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you can go down all the line, but I, I generosity mm-hmm. where you, you do what's sensible. Mm-hmm. You, you, you make choices that everyone would say would kind of like nod their heads going, that's good. I'm glad you're doing that. I'm glad mm-hmm. you're, but Jesus was often, wild mm-hmm. in what he would teach on, mm-hmm. on, okay, yeah, sure, love your family, but love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure, you should you should tithe, he says that. Well, but do more than tithe. Like, mm-hmm. so he told one guy, go sell all your everything. stuff. Go sell everything. Because he knew that that was at the heart of that guy's yeah. barrier to God. Exactly. Oh, and that, I think that for all of us, we have those places. And I, so when I'm walking through processing anything in scripture, and I'm trying to reflect for myself and others. I say one of the questions I say is why are why do we do that then? Why do we operate that way? And I think for a lot of us, we feel this inferred pressure to look the part because we don't want to be a hypocrite, and so we try to rush to the end. It's it's like having the cookies finished before you even start mixing them. Like you you I want to look the part. I, I don't want people to think something bad about God or me or whatever because I say that I'm a believer and they sure. kept going. Oh hey, and I think that creates this perfect recipe for a very shallow self-centered life mm. and relationship with the Lord, because we do get fixated on that instead of going, I'm, I am just pursuing a relationship with the Lord and I'm trying my best and tomorrow will be a new day. We go, nope, I got to have it all together. So then we just start thinking about making sure that I have it. It's like a lie. And the more lies you tell, the more work it is. And that's yeah. because they're not good, and it's not and now right. You're, now you're, you're tangled up. You're painting this tomb, <laughs> and Jesus is like, "Why are you painting that tomb? Like that's a waste of time." Right, right. And so, I one of the things that, uh, as I was processing it, I think it becomes self-centered only because you're so fixated on making sure you look the part that you're spending way more time thinking about yourself. Um, shallow, because how can you have relationships when you're operating two separate lives? But also, I think it it gives way for a lot of judgment in other believers and and even non-believers, but especially even believers, because man, yours yours looks a little more messy than mine. I and they you might crave that freedom to be able to just be real, but you're trying to keep this facade. You gotta keep the tomb white. Yep. And and I that's just not God's heart. And one of the things that I reminded um myself is that man looks to the outside. They see what's outside, but mm-hmm. God looks to the heart. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think the kryptonite for living a whitewashed tomb life, for getting the, the, the key to getting off the fence about even being tempted to pretend that you're something you're not, is uh, to remember that God looks at the heart and he is the most important and his opinion is the most important. And so start the, the quiet, like day-to-day, sometimes ugly work of getting your heart right. Confess, Lord, I I don't want to live a double life. I don't want to quickly make myself into a cauliflower sandwich because mm. being a chicken sandwich is too hard. Uh, 
like start doing the work of uh, just he and you and start inviting people in. I always think you should invite people in, but um, God looks at the heart. So start there. How is my heart? How am I living this out? And what areas? Maybe it's not your whole life because I I don't want to speak in general terms, but maybe there are areas of your life that you're trying to pretend to be something you're not because you're afraid of what people will think. Um, God sees you and loves you and will meet you right there. And start, start there because the more you spend uh, time with him and getting to know him and turning yourself over to him, the less the, the, the outside appearance will actually matter to you. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I was listening and researching and doing a bunch of stuff for a sermon series uh, later on this year. And a guy said something that I want to add to. So I'll give Ooh. I'll give John Tyson I'll give John Tyson some credit to this. Um, let me I gotta get situated. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna add to it, and I don't know how you're gonna feel about what I'm about to say. Oh. <laughs> Here's the deal. I don't like it when you preface stuff like that. If you're a follower of Jesus right now, mm-hmm. and you want to know if you've become simply domesticated and maybe you're paying attention more to the shell Mm -hmm. than the inside, there are three areas of your life (laughs) you should first examine. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're all the areas and they're all inclusive, but if you want to know if you are fully devoted to the Lord, pay attention to what you're doing with sex. Mm -hmm. Like, Romantic relationships, mm-hmm. but specifically sex. Mm-hmm. Two, what are you doing with money? Mm-hmm. What are you doing with your money? How are you spending it? How are you giving it? These are these are Jesus spent so much time on romantic relationships and sex, and he talks so much about money. What I would add to what I was learning from John Tyson is also what are you doing about hurt? Mm-hmm. If you want to know. Am I following the way of Jesus mm-hmm. for real? Mm-hmm. Or am I just painting a tomb? Yeah. One of those or all of those three areas, what are you doing with sex, lust, mm-hmm. um, physical craving mm-hmm. kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. What are you doing with money? Are you giving to God? Are you as generous to the point it hurts and you've had to reorganize all your mm-hmm. finances? And are you holding on to hurt? Those are three areas that I act, I know it seems so almost legalistic what I'm saying, but I think it's it's safe in this conversation of how do yeah. I stop painting a tomb? Look yeah. at those three areas. Start reconciling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at those three yeah. areas, and that's where most of us mm-hmm. start to pay, like neglect the inside and pay attention to what do people know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they see, mm-hmm. and usually we yeah. get greedy. We let greed set in, we let lust set in, mm-hmm. or we let bitterness set mm-hmm. in. And those are areas that the enemy, like, oh man, relentless too, yeah. I think for people. That's so good. Because I don't know anybody that says, yeah, I want to fake it till I make it. Yeah. Knowing that if you keep faking it, whatever you're trying to make it to, you won't. Give God your heart mm-hmm. and say, like, do a work, help me, <laughs> because I love you and I know you. And I want to live like I do. I yeah. want to live in freedom of, of um, having to be bound by all of these things to look pretty. And um, what is it? Lipstick on a pig? Like yeah. <laughs> there's that saying. Um, Don't put lipstick on a pig. God's, put barbecue sauce. 
I won't do either because that should we be a had bumper pigs, sticker. We had pigs growing up, and I don't even like pork because those little monsters. Ugh. I just remember getting chased when I was little, and I was sure I would get eaten by one. I'm going to make a t-shirt. Please don't. I love you. Well, you can. I just won't wear it. Stop putting lipstick on the pig. Get some barbecue sauce. You might want to clean that up a little bit. I might. <laughs> Those of you listening and watching, it's if you be front and back. <laughs> make, make that a little bit more seamless. Um, I, I, our heart for people, our heart for ourselves, frankly, but the body of Christ, to do what I think this world needs us to do, what God has has invited us to do is to change it. Yeah. And we can't do that if we're trying to pretend to be things that no, we are it's not. Exhausting. Um, it is. And and man, did he make us each so unique and incredible to offer collectively to the world himself. And and we get the privilege and responsibility of doing that. And so free yourself from that stuff uh, and just be you. Yeah. And then there's no tomb even because you're getting to walk around flesh and blood fully who you are called to be in Jesus. So yeah. anyway, I've got a lot of opinions about that, but the cauliflower sandwich, I don't know why, but it set me off. <laughs> I might even try it. I um, love she's cauliflower. Triggered. Um, but it, I was like, or the new politically correct, she's tubes. activated. Huh? Mm-hmm. The new politically correct term is activated, I think. Not triggered. You can't say triggered anymore. I don't know why we pay so much attention to those words. I don't. I'm just. I'm but thank you for letting me know. Sarcastic. I didn't know that. I up sarcastic. until not long ago thought a meme was called a meme So that... The triggered, activated, all of it new to me. <laughs> so what we're saying is be wild, but be wildly in love with Jesus. Yes, thank you. Didn't know where you were Fight going. off the domesticated, or I should say culturally popular, mm-hmm. subdued Christian. Follow Jesus. Yeah. Look, what Je- look at yeah. what Jesus said and follow that. Yeah. And it will be wild. It will mm-hmm. be um, difficult and fulfilling and full of peace and and you will you will be imperfect yeah but God is not sure so cling to Him. Thanks for listening to another episode of Off the Fence. We love you so much. Till next we time. We love you so much.